Good evening and welcome back to another live episode on Red Tinted Glasses over on the Red Tinted Glasses YouTube channel. And despite Calm's Wi-Fi trying to shit the bed, we're going to continue the party because, of course, last night we finally sealed third place and European football. Will we call it guaranteed group stage football yet, Callum? No, I'm really trying not to jump the gun. Um, and it feels dirty because we just wanted Rangers to get a result last night and now we want Sally to get a result in the Scottish Cup. But that's the position we're in. Try not to jump the gun. Um, it's going to be a close one. It is. And I suppose before we get into this too much, obviously we'll be speaking about uh, the return to European football. Um, of course, last night the news broke about one of the Gothenburg greats, Dougie Bell, who unfortunately suffered a heart attack and is going for some surgery in a few weeks' time. So um, as much as we'll be celebrating on this podcast, we want to extend our thoughts to Dougie Bell and his family um, at this time, and hopefully everything goes well with his recovery. So thoughts with Dougie just now. Um, Callum, um, what I love doing about these lives is there tends to be maybe some breaking news and get to... Um, obviously lots of people uh, involved in the show and then sometimes I get to whack out this breaking news banner as well um, which is always handy um, but thank you to um, Jay McKissick um, who puts in the comments that the Press and Journal have come out to say that we're closing in on a deal for Leighton Clarkson um, and obviously Callum we met Leighton Clarkson and Duke last night sober um, as well and you could tell um, Leighton was giggling like a, a school kid fancying his teenage crush and um, trying not to give anything away. Oh, he was being very coy, I think is the word uh, we, we should best use. Uh, by the way, both of them, absolutely lovely. Uh, we are apparently taller in person, according to Leighton, so yeah. that's good. Um, but he seemed very coy because we mentioned the video that they posted on social media after and he was just like, oh, well, yeah. And just giggling away, sort of trying not to give anything away. And I've got a weirdly good feeling about it. I was just reading the article right before we came live. I probably should have been sorting out my Wi-Fi, so I apologise for that. But yeah. um, I've got a weirdly good feeling. But now I've put it out there, I'm terrified that it's going to backfire. Yeah, no, and it was um, it was really nice. Uh, I suppose the big thanks to Lynn for um, helping organise that last night. And thanks to everybody that... Um, stop to say what a good job we do on the show as we walk down um, towards gate six of, of the main stand. Um, really, really nice of you all to, to say so. And uh, to the two girls that were telling us that they learned Portuguese to invite Duke to their birthday party, well, I took a leaf out of your book and made this slogan for Duke. Um, it says, Fique para sempre. And then since he watches, hopefully... It's something that he'll at least understand, and it says, Duke, stay forever. <laughs> I mean, an excellent accent as well, Glenn. It was really, really wonderful. Yeah, you can tell I've been practicing my Portuguese all day. Very um, effective at work today. Um, last night, though, Callum, we saw the Dons pretty much return to full strength as the aforementioned Duke, Ross McCrory, and Graham Shinney made his long-awaited return to the team. And... I think that really maybe settled any pre-match nerves that we had knowing that we were going into the game full strength. Yeah, I mean, I was cacking me kicks sort of throughout the whole day. Um, and then when the news was confirmed, when the team lines came out, I was <clears throat> definitely... I saw it calm down a little bit. I was still a bit worried. And I mean, hearts going one and off inside the first minute didn't help. But... Um, it, it delighted. I think in the in the in the preview show, I mentioned like it'd be great if Graham Shinney had like a big impact uh, when he came back. I know he'll be right up for it, uh, given the um, unjust four game suspension. And oh boy, did he! I know. Did you quite think that that was the impact he was going to have when you mentioned it? No, uh, I thought. Well, I would have liked one goal. Two didn't even enter my mind, if I'm <laughs> honest. And I don't think it entered his going by his post match comments either. No, absolutely not. I'm just disappointed he never got his hat trick. But um, there was almost that nervousness, in a sense, that kind of went round the ground. The fact that Hearts took that early lead, it was like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. They're going to get that that result. But, of course, we needed to make sure that we took care of our job, regardless of what happened to Ibrox. And I, I think we actually 
in my opinion, we were the better team in the in the opening exchanges. Yeah, I think you could see they were sort of excited to be out there. Um, it was a lovely evening, a lot at stake. And thankfully, the nerves didn't sort of... Tra- oh, you're having a beer. Uh, sort of go, go from the stand to the, uh, to the pitch. And, and I thought we did start very well, controlling it sort of from the off. Maybe a little, little bit of time, sort of cagey. Maybe they were a little bit overexcited. Um, but I thought we very much started well. And I'm just glad that, you know, it, they didn't go on too long before we got our first goal. Because then the tension would really start building, especially with the way things were going at Ibrox to start with. Yeah, I think that, that point you made about kind of the nervousness, there was a couple of instances maybe where there was a pass that was a little bit slack or we tried something that was maybe a bit too fancy because um, I actually felt that the first time we really got the ball down and ran at the St Mirren defence was the first time we caused them problems and, and won the free kick that led to us going 1-0 up because before then it was... Um, balls over the top or we were trying to exploit the wide area and obviously another key factor in that first half was the fact that we um, were shooting towards the the Richard Donald stand um, in the first half given the low-lying sun and as Leighton told us last night it was definitely a key decision because obviously we now warm up in front of the the lower deck and and Leighton mentioned the fact that it was causing them problems during the warm-up so that was something that they wanted to to take advantage of and I'm sure had a a wee deciding factor in that free kick as well. Yeah absolutely and also I think the benefit of shooting towards the red shed in the second half as well and thankfully we didn't need it but I'm sure if it was required then uh, the red shed would have been absolutely sucking the ball into, into the back of the net at that point, by the way, absolutely excellent throughout. Um, fair play to absolutely everyone that was getting involved. I know you were a little bit hoarse last night, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, fantastic atmosphere generated, but it certainly certainly did play a part. And uh, in terms of Leighton Clarkson's goal, that's two games in a row where I've gone, we were scoring here. I went, this is Madison territory. And what did he do? Stuck it in the top corner. Absolutely perfect. So I'm not that I'm taking credit, but if I should keep doing this before we take a set piece, then it's, it's quite a good record so far. Yeah, um, I wouldn't really say it was top corner, but um, yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, don't know what constitutes top corner in your mind, but no, it was a, a really well hit free kick. And it, I think, if anything, you know, when you mentioned nervousness, the fact that that found the back of the net, it really eased any sort of nerves that may have been kind of creeping into the into the game, if on the pitch, certainly off the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I maybe had I had side on view, so it looked top corner uh, mm. to me. Uh, you obviously saw it from the other end, so there we go. That's my excuse. I'm, you know, I'm giving him his credit where it's due. Um, but yeah, it certainly eased things a little bit because had had it gone towards sort of half time and it was still nil nil. I, I know myself personally, I would have been sort of terrified about what was going on. And um, I, I suppose also, thankfully, Rangers equalised, which feels dirty to say, but um, it definitely sort of, you know calmed us down a little bit. I felt then we started playing a little bit uh, better football as well, getting the ball down uh, on the ground a bit more and, and and showing our quality. Yeah, showing our quality, but not for a want of St Mirren trying to disrupt that um, in the sense of really showing their physical um, side in the opening um, 45. There was a, a few challenges in, in that opening 45 that could have probably resulted in bookings and um, went amiss. I can't even remember if Greg Kilty actually got booked for um, hauling Johnny Hayes down in, in what led to the, the goal. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I certainly know Thierry Small didn't get booked for his first uh, shocker uh in the first place either because we played advantage and then the referee just didn't bring it back for the yellow yeah. card at any point yeah i know I, I was a bit baffled by the because that was a very obvious booking and i don't know if the advantage was almost too long the fact that don robertson forgot about it but um of course had he maybe picked up the yellow card he wouldn't have decided to attempt to break boy Miovsky's leg i mean from where i was uh, in the red shed it, to me, it just looked like a late challenge. Um, you, I suppose, in the South Sound would have got a much better view of of the tackle. Did you? Was your first thought that should be red? 
No, actually. Um, I, I don't even think it, it, it I, didn't, I didn't think it looked that bad either uh, at the time. I thought, oh, it's like nasty, but if he's not on a yellow I was just more angry that he wasn't on a yellow card because I felt it was going to be a yellow card and that would have been him off. Um, mm. But I, I didn't think it was as bad as it was at all. Uh, and I don't think it was until I saw it, like the video that was doing the round where it slowed down and you yeah. see how much Boyan's ankle bent. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, not broken, which is a real sigh of relief because it, it didn't look good. And you know when a player just lies still and they're mm. not rolling about writhing down in pain, uh, well, in pain, that's when you know it's bad yeah. when they're still. And uh, yeah, it wasn't, it, it was a horror tackle. And I suppose credit to Robertson in this second instance, not in the first instance, in fact, if you got away with it in the first place, but it was basically one look, I felt like, uh, at the VAR monitor, and then that was that. Yeah, I think it was the quickest I've seen VAR used um, up at Audrey this season anyway. Or certainly in a game involving us, the fact that it seemed to be very instantaneously after Don Robertson issued the, the yellow card to Thierry Small that he was signalling that he was away to go and check the monitor and um, as you said it was just run over to the main stand quick looking back to to send them off and um, yeah once you see the video as you said the one that was doing the round it was Connor Douglas on, on Twitter that posted the, the video of the um, the replay you can't really complain um, about the decision to, to send them off and again that probably um, helped our cause because it was going to be a, a tougher ask for St Mirren but as you said, the biggest boost from that, if you want to call it that, um, in terms of silver lining, is the fact that Boyan's ankle is not broken. As he confirmed on his Twitter account last night, it was um, ligament damage that he was going to get scanned today. And I think they, they were out for a team meal. At, it looked like number 10 that they were at. And um, he was sat there with his foot up on a chair in his moon boot. So at least he can still go out and um, celebrate from last night with the, the team and Obviously, that'll be his season finished and a shame that you'll miss out on um, coming up against England at Wembley in June for his country. That is true. Um, uh, my sort of instant reaction was when I found out it wasn't broken, I was like, well, it's not broken, but also it might be enough to deter any bids. Uh, not that I'd wish him any ill harm, but it might just deter some bids. You know, you know, a bit of an injury might not be fully fit. So hopefully, if any silver lines come from it, it's that. To be honest, that was the first thing we said when he was getting stretchered off. At least he'll be here next next season. Um, again, silver linings uh, and all that. But how important did you feel that second goal was uh, in the first half in terms of the game? Because obviously that 1-0 lead was, you know, any 1-0 lead is, is tender. And the fact that some men were threatening because at 1-0 they had a chance for from, I want to say it was Alex Gogic that had the header that Kelros um, did well to tip over the bar for a corner and from the resulting corner, actually, um, I think the ball ends up hitting corner, uh, Curtis Main's shoulder. Um, not that Curtis really knows anything about it. Um, and thankfully for us, it goes the the right side of the post and um, out mm. for a goal kick. Yeah, absolutely. I, was, I can't remember what order it happened in a bit. It was definitely, I thought it was both Curtis Main, but that was... Um, just because they both look so similar, uh, which so made, that made it quite difficult. But um, yeah. I just felt um, the second goal gave us breathing space, much needed breathing space. Because as you say, tender, tenderly, even though um, you know we were in a pretty good position, I, I would have still been nervous. So a second goal for half time was excellent, and what was even better was just how mental Graham Shinney went. And I'm so happy for him mm. that on his return after an absolute fuckery of a suspension. Uh, he managed to mark it with a goal and just go absolutely taunt. Yeah, poetic justice that it was him that, that drove us on. And as you were saying to me, as we walked home last night, um, walking back up Markland Road, what was it you said about the, the Hearts fans tweet that you'd bookmarked just for the occasion? Oh, yeah, I booked it. I bookmarked it. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, oh, you know, signed a 31-year-old has been. Is he going to be the Messiah that saves your season? And yes, he fucking was. Have that. Yeah, yeah someone that actually brought a bit of discipline, leadership and control to the side and really helped us. And, you know, we spoke about how big a miss he was in that, that game at the weekend at Tynecastle, and you really saw that difference. Um, last night and a player that obviously 
had to play maybe longer than expected last night as well was Marley Watkins, given the, the injury to Boyan. Um, Adam G in the comments says Watkins was decent last night when he came on for Boyan. Um, and one thing, I guess, on the back of that performance and potential injury to Boyan as well has maybe sparked a bit of discussion. Um, Crypto Kev mentioning um, and saying he would give Watkins another year. With Marley Watkins out of contract, would you be tempted to give him another year next season, albeit on reduced wages? Um, as, uh, if it did, yeah, if it did prevent us sort of bringing someone else in, because I still feel like we'd maybe need another sort of forward option, especially I don't know what's going to happen with Babbage, but he's getting a lot of game time now. Um, mm. Whether he'll, it, well, if he's here next season, I presume it'll only increase. If it's not, if he's not here, it'll probably be out on loan, which I think could benefit him. He's playing every week um, because he's clearly got the quality. It's just the experience of playing against against men, essentially. Uh, at this stage, I wouldn't be against it. I thought he looks Watkins actually looked pretty good uh, at Tynecastle as well. Um, or maybe not sharp, but he was certainly a threat. I wouldn't be against the notion. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be delighted. Seems a good mm. guy around the changing room uh, as well. I suppose there's that too. Uh, and another year, some of his, his experience when there's plenty more games to play next year, I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to about the squad depth. And I think, you know, you make a good point. It depends if it's maybe preventing a bit more quality coming in with the greatest respect to Marley. As Sean Neville turns off the podcast at the disrespect given to, to Marley, I'm sure. But it's one of them kind of catch-22s. We do need that strength and depth next season with the amount of games that we're going to have coming up. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's going to be at the hindrance of Alfie Babbage's development, then is that something we want to see? And of course, I suppose congratulations also goes to Alfie Babbage. What a 24 hours he's had and um, played his part in seeing his um, boyhood team qualify for Europe. And then less than 12 hours later, passing his driving test. So what a couple of days. And um, does he start on Saturday? You know, game means nothing now. Do you give him a start or give him more game time? I think a start. I think he'd be worth a start. Um, I mean, with with, with Miofsky missing, and um, if Marley Watkins isn't staying, absolutely start Babbage and give him that experience. Then allow Watkins to have half an hour or whatever at the end, uh, and then a goodbye from the away end. I, I yeah. I'd be all for it. Um, he certainly doesn't look out of place when he comes on. Um, yeah. I, I'd say that much. You know, set of giving away points. What time would it be to uh, grab his first goal away at Parkhead? You never know. Not to put pressure on him. No, not at all. I was just hoping that when he came on last night, it was obviously at the same time as Declan Gallagher that it was gonna he was gonna maybe skin him and then score because that would have been really the icing um, on the cake. But back to Marley Watkins, Ian Brown saying, "You need the strength and depth, but if the depth is poor, then is it really depth?" And I think that's a fair point, kind of what you were alluding to, Callum, um, and. I guess kind of maybe where we've been at, at this stage of the season. Um, we, we kind of spoke about it on the last episode after the game against Hearts where the options that we were having coming off the bench weren't really as effective or influential as the strength and depth that certainly Hearts had. Yeah, I mean, that, that basically lights up what I said. I wouldn't do it if it was at a cost of bringing in someone else who's potentially of of better quality because if you look like this, if that Miofsky and Dred come a month ago and then all of a sudden we're relying on, on Watkins uh, along with Duke and then <laughs> Duke's injury as well, uh, then we would have been up shit's creek without a paddle. Yeah, um, but he plays part last night um, because you could almost credit him with an assist for the second goal. Um, despite his best Bambi on ice impression as he got the ball into the box, he did eventually get the ball out of his feet and drove the ball across the face of the St Mirren goal, which Joe Shaughnessy diverted goalwards, um, much to Trevor Carson's displeasure, but he does well to keep the ball out of the net. But Graham Shinney first on hand. It's not often Graham Shinney will score a header, but he does on this occasion to put us 2-0 up. And uh, as you said, he really enjoyed that goal, didn't he? I don't think I don't know if he's ever scored a header. Not all that I can remember. Anyways, to see him pop up with that uh, was quite something. But he absolutely enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
uh, along with 16,000 others. And uh, it, it was just excellent. And if there was going to be a man to score, I feel like after the, the, the time we've had uh, in the last four games, sort of the difference he's made since coming in, um, I, you would have picked him, wouldn't you? And yeah. hopefully uh, he'll be here for plenty more next season. Um, yeah, everything seems to be pointing towards that that's going to be the case. Um, but I won't, I'm not going to be over the moon until it's fucking posted with the eyes emoji before it happens. Yeah, until those eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed, I won't believe it. But he's got to be here next season, doesn't he? I think so. I would be so upset if it was just like a six month. I, 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 I arguably, I'd be, I would be more upset than if he hadn't come back in the first place because it's just a little teaser, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it would be the one of the, the biggest disappointments of the transfer window if he somehow doesn't end up here um, next season. But certainly the indications are that he will be in, you know, he makes such a difference to this team and he makes a huge difference to the support because he gets the support going uh, in times that you saw the celebration at second, more so at the third as well. He just loves it. He loves being here and he knows what it means to the fans and he knows what it means to, to get the players uh, G'd up to, to get the crowd going at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And not only with uh, his goal celebration full-time, ended up topless, with a, but managed to get a scarf. Uh, and then in his interview, still had the scarf, also gained a high viz. Uh, he seems just seems, seems like an absolute nutter and I love it. He's our nutter and I hope he's here next season. Um, otherwise, I will be very, very, very upset. If that midfield trio gets torn apart, um, I'll need some consoling. Yeah, I, well, I guess let's let's speak about it now because lots of you are in the comments um, on the live tonight. So thanks very much for those that are joining and interacting with the show as always. Uh, and one of the comments that came in earlier was from Mark Leslie asking, how much of the starting 11 can we keep together next season? And I guess what you've just alluded to there, the midfield in particular is is vital that we keep that together. Graham Shinney, uh, I would love to see him here um, next season. Leighton Clarkson, um, we'll move on to him as we discussed at the top of the show for anyone that's maybe joining in the episode late. Press and Journal reporting this evening that Aberdeen are closing in on a deal for Leighton Clarkson, um, which of course we'd be delighted about. Um, do you think there's a couple of teasers coming in there from the club? Because we spoke about it last night outside Pataudry, the, the video that Leighton recorded on the pitch when he mentioned seeing you in Europe, um, you being the fans. Um, and also the club posting um, a season ticket promo um, advert today on Twitter using Matty Pollock and Leighton Clarkson about um, seeing you next season. Hmm, I don't even, I've not even seen that one about Matty Pollock, that's got me a little bit giddy. Um, <laughs> also, the fact Leighton Clarkson doubled down by quote-tweeting that video with a winky face, Yeah. Uh, how coy he was when we met him. Uh, I really hope, I really hope he is here. They could be dropping hits all over the shop, and there seems to be more business these days in football being done before the seasons, like, like just mid-season. I know we're coming towards the back end, but before football's um before the football's done. I mean Brighton announced Joel Pedro in like March or something ridiculous. Mm. Uh so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of work's been done and uh Barry Robson's already said he's already thinking about next season. He's only gonna celebrate for half an hour. So if Leighton Clarkson was one of them I'd be delighted. If Pollock was in addition to that, I think he'd maybe be more difficult given the length of his contract at Watford. But even if it was another year loan, I'd be over the moon. I I just couldn't help but feel last night Matty Pollock was saying his goodbyes um, mm. as he was kind of behind everybody else on the lap of honour, waving away at the red shed and kind of really soaking up the atmosphere. Of course, there was that um, picture of him after full time just standing on the, the centre circle seeming to take it all in. And then, of course, him and Ross McCrory charging back out after the players had gone in. Um, up to the red shed and Matty leading the, the Ultras Aberdeen in a hearts are falling apart chant. So big up to Matty for that as well. Um, but I, I think it's fair to say the, the support are unanimous in uh, agreement that um, Matty Pollock would love to have him back next season. 
Oh, it's not often unanimous, is it? Um, not often unanimous in the Aberdeen support. So the fact it is about this sort of tells you how good he's been since since he came in. Um, he also, before when they were doing the like little lap of honour, I noticed he gave a wave to the South Stand, and I was like, oh, I don't even want to mention yeah. it to anyone else because it's just upsetting. And part of me is thinking like him. It was the fact it was him and McCrory that both went out, and when there's been rumours of McCrory going to Bristol City, obviously. It was both of them came at come out. Do you think it was them sort of going? We'll just have one last, one last little bit of this uh, before that's it. And I hope that's not the case. But but then seem- on on Ross McCrory, he's is what what say that he is going to leave because he still has a couple of years left on his contract. Three, I think it is, and he was again quite prominent on social media side of things last night again being used from the don's official twitter account and then of course tweeting his unprofound love for graham shinney at three in the morning um which i won't object to that sort of tweeting at three in the morning because if i'd still been awake at that point i think it was about half past one before i could finally put my phone down from all the social media content last night i'd have probably been tweeting the exact same about graham shinney at that time in the morning exactly um it's weird because prior to so I don't know what it was yesterday. Prior to yesterday, I was thinking two million. It's sort of a I feel like it's a, a decent deal. If it means we you know we keep Duke and we don't need to accept any sort of low ball bids for that. But after yesterday, I'm like no, I don't want any of them to leave. I want them all to be. I love them all so much, um, and I think that is credit to absolutely all of them because we have said our piece many a time throughout the season about yeah. some of the players. Uh, I've said my piece on social media about. Dave at times as well. Um, so I'd like to issue an apology actually, uh, because mm-hmm. I love you all and uh you know you've 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 proved me wrong and made me very happy. So thanks for that. Yeah, I know fair play to Dave Cormack because he you know took a gamble this season, um, invested in the squad, but also made the decision to you know get rid of Jim Goodwin at a crucial time where obviously that was a man that Jim Goodwin was Dave Cormack, sorry, was happy in, in appointing and he took the risk in getting rid and uh, backing Barry Robson as such. And I was actually looking at the banners that we've got on um, StreamYard here when I was creating the, the live for today. And one of the banners that we previously previously had was, does Barry deserve the job? Well, I think he's answered that after um, maybe a few question marks after the, the Hibs and Hearts performances, but he achieved what the board asked him to do and we're sitting in in third place and dreaming of who we could be getting in in european in the playoffs and potentially group stages providing cali don't go ballistic and beat celtic again yeah let's hope celtic stop being atrocious because <laughs> they have been i uh, don't know if anyone's seen some of scott bain's goalkeeping lately mm. uh, absolutely shocking but yeah full full credit to barry and the boys um, they've they've been absolutely brilliant, and you know what, Robson's got us playing. Dons are back. I think we need to get that on the go at some point. Nice, I like it. I'm sure Redshed Ultra Aberdeen will be catching on to that. Um, we're of course um, kind of just deviated slightly, but we're looking back at the comment from Mark Leslie about how much of the starting eleven we can keep um, together next season, and we've been speaking about the midfield, and of course one player. We spoke about on the last episode is um, Nicky Devlin coming in. And there's a few of you in the comments mentioning Nicky Devlin's name in, in relation to Ross McCrory, as we've just been speaking about. And what Nicky Devlin signing means for Ross McCrory, is he coming in as a backup? Is he coming in as a replacement? But, of course, and I went out right back, you could also then allow Ross McCrory to move into midfield as, I don't want to say it, but a Leighton Clarkson replacement um if we couldn't get Leighton back but he has that versatility does Ross he does uh he's definitely the type of player that going into next season we could do with because um whilst we still don't really know his best position he is comfortable in in, in a few so it'd be very very useful on the Nicky Devlin thing it's mental that neither club has said anything about it because everyone's seen the photo. Uh, he's even been talking about stuff. 
I've neither they're, they're, neither club have got you know they've, they've not said a peep. It's very very weird, um, mm. and you'd like to think that first thing Sunday it'll be. Uh, in fact, no, because obviously aren't playing until Sunday. Yeah, Monday yeah. morning you would think mm. uh, it'll be announced, and hopefully, uh, along with some others following shortly. Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, on the defence, we've spoken kind of of, of Matty Pollock and the and what he it perceived. Uh, um, it looked like last night that he was saying his goodbyes. How, how much of a boost would it be to get him back next season? Obviously, the partnership that he's formed with with Angus McDonald is that something that we should be almost looking to do in terms of we've got now the finance coming in from the the European side of things. Would you be tempted to push the boat out to to get Matty Pollock back next season, or would you be looking at utilizing um, the loan systems? I seen somebody on Twitter was at Mrs. JR Math was saying, should we maybe be looking at the guys that we've currently got on loan, Leighton Clarkson, um, Scales, Pollock, looking to maybe utilize another loan deal? And I think we've mentioned that on the podcast um, as well previously. If we were to get European football, could we potentially use um, the carrot of having group stage football until Christmas to entice these players back on a, a six-month loan, but you saw how much Matt is bought into being part of this Aberdeen squad. Do you think we could potentially te- tempt him to to move north on a more permanent basis? Um, I don't. I'm not sure he'd be the problem. I think it'd be Watford. He's on quite mm. a long deal. He's obviously come up here and done very well. Um, and Watford are like a, a bit, you know, a bit of a basket case club. So you don't know what they're going to be like. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 look, if we sign apparently, regardless of the fee, I'd be happy. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know how much, you know, they try and fleece us or how much we're willing to pay. Um, I think another loan deal would be fantastic because, you know, if he's not going to get into the Watford team, he can come up here, do hopefully do the same again, as well as that European experience. He's not going to get that going elsewhere in England, is he? Um, so I'd absolutely be delighted even if it was just 12 months and then we know what we've got between him and McDonald at the back they get on very well, they both absolutely love it Uh, thanks McDonald with those sunglasses photos by the way, brilliant, we've not even mentioned that yet the content was just superb Um, and I've also got to mention um, and you know after we finished third uh, soft hearts and hips um, we've actually played a very long game here because uh, Brian Poise was in our youth system. He then went back to Hibs. We then sold. They then sold him to Watford. After that, as a result, we got Matty Pollock on loan and we finished third. So it's genius from the club once again. I mean, that is the longest of long games, but I like the link you've managed to, to form there. Well played. Um, but yeah, no, speaking of Angus McDonald, that sunglasses photo is going to go down as one of the best photos of the season, I think. And yeah, some of the, the content last night was... Um, Pretty unbelievable. I don't think I've been so happy to see um, half naked men on in my Instagram feed ever. <laughs> I, I, it was look, Must they were speak. loving it. I was loving it. It was yeah. fine. I, they were all, everybody was loving it. It was fantastic. I mean, the video, let's talk about Duke Cam as well, where well, he's just shoving the camera on everyone's faces, he's doing his gestures. And it was just fantastic. Honestly, absolutely loved every single bit of content. I wish they'd never stopped posting. Uh, yeah. It was it was just fantastic. Yeah, I was getting a like and a retweet. I want to see Duke come permanently when we win because it was just great. And um, finally, then oh. from going in. Sorry. Also on Duke, when we were, uh, I mean, there was more sunglasses content last night as well from him oh, uh, yeah. when uh, when we were uh, given uh, him and Clarkson the awards. And Northern giving them their player of the season and young player of the season awards. And uh, a big group photo. Someone had sunglasses at the game, and uh, Duke was wearing them in their photo, and it was just fantastic. Just a, yeah, you'll see all that. round great guy. Yeah, that photo was posted by the SLO. Lynn posted it on her Twitter account. So if you want to know what Callum was speaking about, check Lynn's Twitter out. Um, it's there. Duke was just absolutely loving the attention. Um, and I just loved that when they walked in, he just looked at us and almost was like, oh, these guys again, here we go. Um, but on Liam Scales, um, the final one of the, the mm-hmm. lone players um, in terms of from starting 11, can we keep for next season? 
what would you be prepared to pay for Liam Scales next season? Because obviously we've got money coming in from Scott McKenna and his um, Nottingham Forest side staying in the Premier League this season. The rumour is it's up to about three quarters of a million we'll be receiving. Would you be prepared to pay that sort of price to keep Liam Scales at Pataudry? Not all of it, I don't think. Um, he's well, actually having a look, have a look at some of Celtic's backup defenders. I'm not so confident we'd be able to get him on a, on a decent feed now uh, because they've been absolutely shocking. But I agree with uh, Ian Brown. Um, 500k tops for skills. I think so. I would agree. Even then, I don't know if we'd go that much because given us of our recruitment, can you get someone from further afield perhaps for, for a cheaper fee than that? I, I, I don't know, but I would like him to be here. And I also think the balance that we get with him being on the left side of the three, uh, it, it, it really does work. And he's looked so much better alongside uh, the likes of McDonald and Pollock too. Yeah, uh, I guess worst case scenario, you've got Anthony Stewart coming back. <laughs> no, no, let's not do. Let's not talk about that yet. Um, but Imran also made a, a good point earlier on as well was the fact that we actually have time this summer because with being in the playoffs, as you alluded to on the last episode, the playoff isn't actually until the the end of August. Um, obviously, we'll be into the league campaign by then, but we actually have time to get a squad together that can give us the best hope of going far in Europe and um, obviously into that that group stages that we we hope will be. Um, I like how the Daily Record preempted that the Celtic were just going to automatically win the Scottish Cup by turning up, by st- saying last night that we'd achieved group stage football. So trying not to get too far ahead um, of ourselves, but... Um, and that's what Ian finishes off saying, of course, if Celtic win the Cup. But is that a bonus for us this season? The fact that we aren't going to be back in, you know, early July or whatever date normally the first, second qualifiers are this season? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, recruitment takes time. Some deals take longer than others, as we saw with the likes of Miofsky in particular, Ramadani as well. Uh, in ter- especially when you're recruiting from further afield, thanks to Brexit. Cheers for that. Um, but the, it gives us plenty of time, even before the start of the season. I don't, I don't, I doubt we'll, our business will be done by the start of the league season, but it mm. still gives us a little bit of extra time. And I don't want to be in the position where Hearts were in this season, where they didn't manage to get enough bodies in. Even then, Snodgrass came in after the after the um, registration window had closed, so they couldn't register him and play him in Europe. I don't want to be in that situation at all. I'd like it to be done early. I know it can't always be, but if we're, you know, we've made sort of seventy-five percent of the signings that we're going to be making by, um, by the start of the league season, then I'd be delighted with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And for those eagle-eyed, um, we'll of course seen that the ticker tape that we've got on the the live tonight has been sending out subliminal messages to the likes of Duke. Leighton and Matty Pollock uh, if they're watching because we know that Duke and Leighton well certainly members of Leighton's family um, do tune into the show so subliminal messaging um, you can thank us later when Leighton gets announced um, hopefully What was the what the use of lack Len? I wasn't expecting that Yeah I was just going scouts because I chucked in a bit of Portuguese for um, Duke previously you know thought I'd be I just went very stereotypical scouts that was all Oh well, you know, you know, playing to the crowd. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go back to speaking about football then. Um, how important do you think the fact that the crowd obviously reacted to the fact that Hearts conceded right on half time? So we're going in two 0 up. The crowd are buoyant at the fact that Rangers have scored. Hearts have conceded. And the, the cheer was pretty much loud enough that the players and management were going to know that we were halfway there to, to sealing third in European football. It'll have helped. Uh, I'm sure they would have been more than aware of what was going on. Uh, regardless, obviously, well, not, not during the game, definitely at halftime. Uh, there probably would have been people keeping an eye on it on the bench, mind you. Mm. But um, that might have been somewhat reassuring uh, and you know, towards the end of the game, no, actually, after after full time when they were doing their little lap, Graham Shinney was making the two like was it two one was it two one? Um, 
he, he was told yes, started celebrating even more. And then my mate right next to me went, right, it's fucking two two. And mm. I started panicking. Um, but I, I think it maybe would have made a difference. And the fact that, you know, the games at the same time as well really helped rather than, you know, teams going into games knowing exactly what they needed to do. I, I preferred that. Yeah, definitely. And I think given the amount of injury time that both games had as well, they continued to be on quite a, a level playing field. It wasn't like we were five minutes ahead or five minutes behind. It was kept that kept that nice and easy. And of course, we pretty much rounded off the job um, with a lovely team goal um, to seal off the scoring last night. Um, Duke doing his usual burst down, down the wing, plays a good ball in for Ramadani and not the best ball in from Ramadani, but Graham Shinney recovers it well. And uh, I mean, if you're a St Mirren fan, you'll be absolutely fuming and that that finds the back of the net because it was weak as anything from Trevor Carson to, to prevent it, but not the weak here because pandemonium ensued in the stands and the biggest outburst of passion you'll ever see from Graham Shinney there. I mean, I actually said to the boy at work today, if I'm dead, inject that celebration into my veins to resuscitate me. What an um, outpouring of passion. Oh, it was good. It was good. And even though, you know, we are 2-0 up against 10 men, um, I think we'd found it a little bit difficult uh, up, up to that point to yeah. sort of break them down at times. Um, and credit to them, they, they, they did make it difficult for us. But Getting the third goal and then knowing, right, okay, we've definitely done our part at that point. We just <laughs> need to hope that there's not a miraculous comeback. Certainly helped. And jubilant scenes, I think, is the only way to describe it. Yeah, it really was. And I can't really remember us threatening um, to score a fourth. Well, I can, um, actually, now that I say it, because I forgot how bad that Marley Watkins miss was um, when he burst through. <laughs> Um, channeling his inner Alan Forrest from the weekend, I think. Um, but at the other end, of course, we mentioned Kellerosa's save in the first half. Not much else to do for Kell apart from um, Angus McDonald and was it him and Liam Scales that got in each other's way to allow Curtis Main to go one on one? I think it was Pollock and. Was it? I can't remember. I'm no, sure. I think, actually, I, know, I think Pollock and McDonald was in the first half. I don't know. Mm, no, was it in the first half? No, it was in the second half because it was when Curtis Main was bearing down on goals and yeah. Keller pulled out saves and then just stands over Curtis Main and just like head down into him almost being like, I don't think so. Not tonight, mate. I loved that from him. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it and credit to Kel Rose because at times early in the season, I wasn't convinced. Uh, and since his injury, he's been absolutely fantastic. I think that sums up. I think now he really, really believes in himself as well, going by mm. that, that good confidence. I was just getting confused because I'm sure in the first half, it, it definitely wasn't that one that you're trying to, um, that, that led to Kurt's main chance. But in the first half, I'm sure McDonald and Pollock got in each other's way at some point uh, when we were defending the red shed. And uh, that was a bit panicky as well. Yeah, but 3-0 up, cruising. And obviously, as you said, Rangers were holding up their end of the, the bargain for, for from our point of view. And we managed to, to see out the game and Alfie Babbage comes on for minutes and so does Conor Barron, another player whose future is up in the air come the end of the season. But another player who very much seemed to be enjoying the, the full-time scenes, although... Um, judging by Instagram, the last dance post that Mike Kennedy put up, it was maybe the end for MK33, but future still undecided for CB8, as you were calling him on Twitter last night. Seems to be. Seems to be. CB8 has got a good ring to it. Uh, call, him to that one, uh, call him that on my football manager save on Twitch. You should get involved in that. Um, keep an eye on my Twitter. Um he loved it. I mean, he was. He it seemed. They seemed to all be looking at him uh, at the end of the game when they were heading towards the red shed to to give it the like sort of the fist pumps. They seemed to all be looking at him, having seen the video back, uh, and he absolutely loved it. He's been blasting it on social media. I think he's had about four posts on Instagram. Uh, and I've got got respect. He actually looks pretty neat and tidy as well when he came. Well, obviously, it helped. You know, the situation we were in. They had ten men, mm -hmm. um, and even after that, you know, in the build up to the. To, to well, basically, for a long time throughout the season, I've been thinking 
he's probably going in in summer and he's he's not been at his best. But after after seeing him going mental uh, at the end in front of the red shed, I'm like, oh, I'd love it for it to for it to work out for him as well. Yeah, so Diane, I guess again looking to towards next season, we need that depth in the in the middle of the pitch. We saw obviously the the back end of this season what what it was like missing uh, a Graham Shinney, um, and if you pick up then an injury to a Ramadani as well, you're you're suddenly struggling. So we do need that that strength and depth, and it's going to be interesting to see um, when we do an episode next week because. Uh, well, you're not going to the game this weekend. You'll be at a big weekend. Um, thankfully, it's not a big weekend for us in terms of footballing matters because we've taken care of business um, for our, our goals this season. Um, what list comes out from the um, the club in terms of the retained list and the, the released list and maybe what players <clears throat> are going to be making their way from the development squad into being in and around the, the first team? Because... We've also got the likes of um, Dean Campbell out on loan, Connor McLennan out on loan to to return, um, and what it means for for those two players' futures as well. Yeah, absolutely. I believe they're both out of contract, aren't they? Uh, you'd think the likelihood if one of them was going to sign, it'd probably be Dean Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think it's, he seems to do pretty well down at Stevenage. Um, it'd be interesting to see what what Barry could do with him. If so. Um, or, but Dean Campbell might fancy himself and he needs to probably go and play first-team football at, at his age now um, for his development. So that would probably probably um, make sense. It would be, be difficult. It will be a difficult one. But going back to CB8, um, if we don't keep Clarkson, he's the closest thing we've got and potentially the closest thing we're going to get. And there's a lot of football going to be played. We will have European football. And I wonder if that's maybe made a difference in terms of the contract situation. Because you might have been thinking, well, on the path we're on, you know, am I going to progress here as much? And, you know, there's a lot of talk from down south and things like that. Whereas now with European football, a lot more football to be played. We're seemingly on the up, you would think. So maybe maybe you will sign the ting. But there's going to be a few folk of the mindset that we shouldn't be a uh, second option and the fact that we've now got European football, we suddenly become uh, an attractive option to, to Connor. He sh- we should have been uh, a first choice or somewhere that he wanted to to stay in. And obviously, this is just speaking hypothetically. We obviously don't know what it is going through Connor's mind or what the, the situation is, but it'll be uh, interesting to see. But I do agree that he probably is the, the current player on our books that we've got closest to to Leighton Clarkson and at least that's someone there that we that we do have and I suppose in terms of departures when we were speaking about the the starting 11 and uh, and the squad one area we'd never really kind of spoke about because Kyle Rose is obviously here till uh, another couple of seasons is what's going to happen in terms of backup goalkeepers because Jay Horter again not on the bench Joel Lewis um, was on the bench and uh, as Adam Heddle says, I feel Joe Lewis is leaving in the summer. He stayed behind, clapped the fans with Rose and um, Salmon clapping him off as well. And I actually did notice that clip on, on social media um, last night. It did very much look like um, Joey, had his uh, son on the pitch as well. It looked like he was potentially saying his goodbyes, um, maybe not as a big a farewell as he was maybe expecting, you know, You've got to remember what Joe did for us a few seasons back when he was definitely up there, was one of the best keepers in the league. It's unfortunate how his time at Aberdeen has come to an end and will likely be remembered um, as being part of that squad that conceded those 12 goals in a, inside a week. Um, and obviously the, the stats that he had last week, but there, there's no question that Joe has been a, a great servant to, to this club in his, in his time and, if he can get a future at the club in terms of a coaching role, then I would definitely be all for that as well. But um, with uh, Jay likely to go back to Ajax in, in the summer, um, does that mean Tom Ritchie now takes a place on the bench and we look to sign a maybe even younger goalkeeper as, as third choice? Um, I hope not. I hope as there's an experienced depute um which I know is very difficult to find one of quality uh, at, at this level, um, someone who's willing to be sort of that that debut. But I suppose if someone who's you know potentially going to push 
Bruce, if you bring them up, picture that and say, look, if, if you do sort of um, take the gloves off him and uh, and do it, then fine, fair enough, it's yours. Um, then, then that's possibly the case. It's sad for Joe Lewis. I mean, I think for a, a good few seasons, he was um, definitely the best goalkeeper in the league, sort of around the time where Gordon was at Celtic. Um, which is weird because I mean Gordon left Celtic, he turned it turned brilliant again, so that was bizarre. <laughs> but it, you know, a, a fantastic servant. He wants one that goes down as that, and um, you know, it probably was a shame he didn't quite get the goodbye. But at the same time, ending on a high, albeit yeah. a distraction from him. But he seems like the type of guy who's not bothered and will just be buzzing for everyone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Jay Johansson saying that Tom Ritchie said on Red TV is probably going away on loan. So interesting to see what happens in terms of our goalkeeping situation um, over the summer. But that's what will keep us going in terms of content and the transfer talk as well. And of course, normally we have a European draw to look forward to sooner rather than later. But of course, being involved in the playoff means um, we do have a bit longer to wait for for that would you be keen to when it comes to the playoff would you be looking to get that that easy tie to to get into the the europa league and um, group stages which of course will have the the bigger teams and therefore maybe a more difficult um group stage as such and um, of course we don't want to um take a, a title away from rangers of course as the worst performing scottish side in europe um, or would you rather, you know, maybe fancy your chances in the Conference League where the teams are allegedly supposed to be more favourable to our, our, ourselves and we could maybe win a couple of group games and look to progress further? What would be your opinion on that? I agree with Skolska. Either group will do us, let's just enjoy it. Uh, I'm not bothered. I mean, if you look on the Europa League side, probably more glamorous probably more likely to get cuffed every Thursday. Mm. Uh, so that that's not fantastic. Um, so, but there's, you know, bonuses to either way. And then in terms of the Conference League, you know, there's still good teams in there. Um, Hearts probably got the toughest group they could have got. And, I mean, they had the, the eventual finalists in, in their group. They finished third. If we got a more favourable group in the Conference League, we could sneak through in second, and then that's more European football. And have I had a look at, oh, that's a good point. That is a very good point from Ewan Grant. Third or fourth in Europa, group gets into the conference playoffs. Yeah, there's that bonus as well. Uh, there is that bonus as well. But also my other thing was, I thought, oh, we'll get a lot more money from the Europa League. We will get more money, but having seen the, the statistics, like here we go, um, posted, credit to them for that uh, on Twitter. The difference in money is not as big as I thought. So, look, I'll be happy either way. I'm just delighted to be there, taking part, having a nice time, hopefully a couple of jollies. Not bothered. Yeah. Five million in the pocket, a few drinks in weird places, all good, as Skokser says. And, yeah, look, there's going to be uh, a few weird and wonderful trips in there, I'm sure. Um, and that's what I'm definitely looking forward to, is I'm sure a lot of you that were um, tuning in just now on the live or catching up on audio have been checking your work calendars maybe booking provisional days off and of course as you said the guys at here we go did a fantastic job to not only tweet the the match days but the prize money breakdown and projected cost they, they always do a good job of that every year when it comes to, to european football it means guys like me and you don't need to do as much research um for that um, but it, it was a very handy insight you know when it, it shows the money you get per was it per win in the, the group game as well? Um, so, yeah, um, we gave that a retweet on our Twitter at RTG underscore podcast. So you can check that out or check out on the guys at Here We Go's page as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not, that for me is the best part is sitting with Skyscanner on one tab in the you know, UEFA stream of the draw on another. Um, and I guess with, obviously, depending on the, the Scottish Cup result as well, um, may depend on maybe a few people deciding to hold off on attending the away leg of the, the playoff game because you know that you're going to have um, a guaranteed couple of away games coming up uh, in the group. So for those that enjoy or, or can maybe only manage one or two trips, they might want to save their money for, for the groups. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's typical now that I'm a, going to be a bloody poor student. Now we're decided to qualify for Europe, potentially, if Inverness don't win the Cup. I'm still really trying not to take it as a foregone conclusion, uh, despite finding it difficult. But yeah, it, it does it allows for it would allow for forward forward playing as well, which which is very very good. And then you know if you can if you miss one, you've potentially got an option for another one if if you can do so. So I'm very very excited, and I hope we get a team from Croatia or Hungary in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. And as I said, we've got plenty of time to. Um, prepare if it is into the group stages because the draw for the groups is on the 1st of September with the first group game taking place on the 21st of September so uh, about 20 days to, to book your travel um, Alan McDonald going back to the last time we were uh, in the group stages of, of European football and um, going to see Atletico Madrid play um, uh, Aberdeen play Atletico Madrid with 5,000 dons was superb many years ago I, I was 16 um, when that happened, missed that game due to having to do a computing reset for a standard grade. So that was marvellous. Um, but my dad said to me, whoever we get, if we qualify from the groups, um, I'll take you to that game. So I was part of the thousands of Aberdeen fans that headed to Munich. Um, so that was my first ever European away trip. And I think I've done six since. And they're honestly the best thing ever. So I think, you know, there's a lot of people, because how old were you being back then when we were in the, the group stages? Uh, I would have been seven and eight years old. That's so... going to make a lot of people feel old, you saying that. <laughs> exactly. But, I, you know, I've never, I've never been able to enjoy one. I've never been able to enjoy one. Because even uh, in sort of the day, case years, money, be pretty young and wasn't, wasn't able to get away so it would be nice to be able to get away for one anyway yeah and I think you know for there'll be a bit of a, a generation of fans it'll be the first time that they'll have been able to experience group stage football possibly um sorry actually I was in I went to Burnley but it's not really the no, European tie-in you know, that you're hoping for, is it? Yeah, as good as Burnley was, it, that's not a real European away day. Give me Ventspils, give me um, uh, Bosnia, I forget the team that we played, Soroki Brzezic, that was it. Um, the obscure places in Europe, that, that's that's the real fun, um, travelling to these places and going through dodgy borders between Croatia and Bosnia where the taxi driver takes everybody's passport and you're not sure if you're going to get it back. Um or not it's all part and parcel of the fun it's i, I can't wait to to see where we go and um for fans to to get to experience that um as well so a load of fun to to look forward to um coming up um i've actually forgotten what i was going to say which is obviously the joys of of doing a live um let's speak about the weekend coming up and see if i remember what i was going to say um so we would have done a we did done a preview, but is there really much point in previewing it? Because the game doesn't really mean anything, does it? It means nothing to either team. Uh, hopefully, we don't injure any Celtics players because we want them to be as fit as possible for the cup final, which is weird. Uh, hopefully, Alfie Bavage plays. Maybe Connor Barron starts as well, uh, or at least gets a decent amount of game time. That'll probably be good for him. Um, do you make? Do, if you're a well, I was just say, if you are Barry Robson, do you make wholesale changes or not? I think you try and win it, and we've got to give Celtic the most competitive game possible so they can get back and get their arses back in gear uh, to save us uh, in the Scottish Cup final. <laughs> so that's my thinking. Um, <laughs> I suppose um, I can't imagine you will change it that much. I think it'll be sort of Bavage might come in, uh, or Watkins will start. It'll be one of them. Barron will probably get some decent amount of game time off the bench, and I don't know whether maybe some others that are perhaps leaving might get a chance off the bench, or maybe more youngsters. I mean, if we played Joe Lewis in goals and Celtic go for Scott Bain, it could be some extraordinary viewing, and um, with the greatest respect to both. But um, you know, honestly, fuck it, play the kids. Who cares? We've done what we needed to do this season. I mean, what a turnaround from where we were in that week in January column. We definitely didn't think we'd be sitting here four months later speaking about the fact that we've finished third in there that are in Europe. 
No, I uh, no. I, let's be honest. You know, whatever. Ten points, eleven points behind Hearts, and uh, sort of seemed to get their act together a bit. Didn't have, didn't see this coming. Uh, but I am delighted and thankful for every single one of them that played a part. And uh, I think sort of Wednesday night really epitomised that. It felt like such a relief. It felt so good that you know there was a great attendance there. Everyone thoroughly enjoying themselves, and that's what. Uh, Sporting Aberdeen should should be about, and hopefully uh, these times are here to stay as well. Yeah, um, I, I think the best part about Saturday, Kaiser sums it up, nay nerves, nothing riding on it. Because, of course, with Hibs winning last night, we could have well found ourselves involved in a three-way battle for third. Um, and it's quite impressive that a Hibs team, uh, sorry, a Hearts team, uh, as you said, 11 points clear of us in January, a game in hand on us, could yet finish fifth. So, um, some remarkable collapse from the maroon side of Edinburgh um, and we're definitely going to be revelling in that is it nine out of ten seasons now um, they've finished um, below us so uh, as some would say in Edinburgh natural order has been restored exactly and I will also be revelling in uh, the fact I'm spending the weekend at Dundee United officially get relegated <laughs> and so I'm going to try and avoid getting my uh, nose broken Whilst still yeah, having a good time, I'll be dressed. I'll, I'm probably going to wear some selective Aberdeen clobber just to um, mind them really up. Really rub their noses, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. Exactly. And I think the the point you made as well about the the crowd last night and to to end on that, it was great to see such a, a huge turnout for the game as well. Over sixteen and a half thousand um, looked a pretty poor away end to be honest, but. Uh, hopefully they start or something um, going into next season and we can get the season ticket numbers up by all accounts from what Alan Burrows has been saying on Twitter. The season ticket sales are have started well and I know um, a few of my pals have been renewing um, today on the back of the fact that we're going to be in Europe and they don't want to miss out. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said as well, it really hit me last night how good Pataudry was last night. That is mm-hmm. the first time in a long time I have had that feeling of coming away from Pataudry just so jubilant and almost gutted now that it's over for, you know, it's not going to be, it's going to be a while now before we're, we're back there. And, you know, for a lot of us, football is that escape on a Saturday, on a Wednesday night. It's 90 minutes where whatever is going on in your life is completely forgotten about. And it's something that we all care so deeply about. Um, you know, the players, the management, the, the club and how well it performs. We all care so much about it. And in a season that has had weird highs, the lowest of the lows, um, yeah, you're a- a- absolutely right. You know, just have to extend a huge thanks to Barry Robson, the, the players, and giving us that, that feeling at full time, you know, still being in the red shed 15, 20 minutes after the game yesterday, sitting at work today, hardly working. I mean, working very hard for anybody from work listening. Um, you know, smiling ear to ear, just buzzing at, at, at the fact that, I'm not going to be like a Hearts fan and say that the Aberdeen are back, but have that little bit of pride about us again and we can mm-hmm. stand tall. And as I said, it's it's gutting that we're not going to meet Pataudry for a few months, but what way to end the season at, at home. Exactly. And you know how excited we're going to be when football returns and we get to go back. Um, and again, again, I'll say it, hopefully uh, in group stage competition. But it, it, that, exactly what it is. that's what it's about, um, going to Pataudry. I also felt like when Pataudry really gets going, it's uh, brilliant. Like once, you know, well, the Redshed throughout were fantastic. But once the South Stand gets going... Um, Richard Donald joining in, main stand joining in at times, which is mental. Once it really gets going, it can be some place. Um, I don't, you know, maybe we probably haven't seen enough of that this season. Uh, mm. not through the fans' fault for a lot of it, let's be honest. <laughs> but that, that that's what it can do when it becomes like that, and everyone's there for the one cause, and everyone's just fucking loving it. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, as and as Robson said in his post match, I doesn't think he's heard Petaudry as loud as that before and we're a powerful force when the fans are as behind the club as they are in this moment in time and you're right the south stand was fairly getting going i could see that 
uh, at times last night and has said, you know, it's a long time since I've had that feeling uh, about football. There's a lot of people that probably have the same as me in terms, as I said, it's it's that escape of the, the 90 minutes and um, something that we we massively look forward to and we, we care so deeply about. And yeah, I'm just, just so buzzing, as you said, next season we've got something already to look forward to we don't have the whatever the fuck the league cups called group stages to to look forward to we've got normal pre-season games to look forward to and then a european playoff and and group stages football hopefully in, until christmas and you know we're excited about players coming back and what what's going to be um what's going to be happening in, in terms of the stadium over the, the summer and and players as well. So lots to look forward to on and off the pitch, I'm, I'm sure. And yeah, uh, the game this weekend, I, I'm just so relieved is going to mean absolutely nothing to us. But of course, we will be back and we will discuss the events that happened at um, Parkhead on, on Saturday and kind of round up the season um, as a whole. But we'll probably come back on, on that and hopefully there'll be a, a list from the club announced in terms of player retention and departure so we can run through that and you know, because we've kind of given our thoughts in terms of the low knees tonight um, and we'll maybe kind of reassess uh, assess from there. But, um, yeah, been a pleasure, Colin. It has been a pleasure. What a season it's been. Thank you very much to everyone um, for all your support. Um, I think it was sort of, sort of last night, just people like were outside the main stand, just like people walking past and just saying such lovely things to us. We appreciate it a lot. Uh, it's led to us being able to do some some cool stuff that we wouldn't have been able to do uh, without all of you guys. So thank you very much to you all as well, tuning in at home. And uh, for all the excitement coming up through summer, through uh, through next season, with all that we've got to look forward to, make sure you don't miss out on it. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, follow us wherever you're listening in. If you're listening after, follow us on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast. Um, can't remember what the Instagram one is. Uh, so just, that's it. Thanks, Glenn. See, you know, we're a good team. Uh, yeah. And just thank you all. It means a lot. It's still weird for me, people talking to me, being like, oh, I really enjoy it. I'm still I'm a bit of an awkward person. Um, but it is, it is lovely. So thank you. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll see you somewhere in Europe next season. Bring it on. Perfect.